Hello, hello. I'm Jessica, and this is the How I Met Myself podcast, a show where we talk about the journey of self-discovery and finding your purpose in life. After years of feeling stuck, I finally found clarity around my purpose. Now, I'm going after my dream, sharing my story here, and bringing you conversations with healers and spiritual teachers to help inspire and guide you to your purpose. Join me and start building the life you're meant to live. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the How I Met Myself podcast. I'm Jessica, your host. Thank you so much for being here today. I am recording this on July 5th, so just coming off of the July 4th holiday and all of the fun festivities. It really is one of my favorite holidays. I think just I have great memories as a kid being, you know, outside all day, the parades, dressing up, bike riding in the parade and decorating my bike and eating watermelon and barbecue and corn on the cob, fireworks, just all of the kind of quintessential 4th of July activities. And it's so much fun now as a parent to really see my kids partaking in the joy of the holiday as well. And I live in a place that I think 4th of July is like kind of peak of where I live. It's a huge, huge holiday here. We have a 5K and a 10K race in the morning, and it's so much fun because some people run the race, and then a lot of people are just walking it, pushing strollers, walking their dogs. There's even a few kids on scooters. And so it's just, it's a real fun family event. And then later in the day, there is a parade, and the kids ride their bikes. And then there's parties, you know, in between. So we went to a friend's party before the parade, and then we went to another friend's party after the parade. We didn't make it to the fireworks. Our kids are just a little bit too young, and we're already in bed. But it's just, it's it's a really fun holiday. And so I am just kind of in a good mood coming, coming off of, of that excitement from yesterday. And actually, even the weekend before the 4th, I had a a big weekend. I was down in San Diego celebrating a friend's 40th birthday, and I brought my kids, my husband, the the whole family, and it was kind of a mostly adult event, but there were some, some parts of it that kids could join in as well. And going into a weekend like that can be a little bit overwhelming because it's just jam-packed. You're going from one event to the next. There's lots of drinking, not a lot of sleeping. And it's, you know, when you throw kids into the mix, it just becomes that much more chaotic. And so I was, you know, really excited because it was with my San Francisco friends who I don't get to see as much anymore. And so I was really looking forward to catching up with them, to seeing some of their kids, and just you know, celebrating this birthday. But I was also feeling a little nervous going into the weekend. And so I decided to write some mantras for the weekend to just try to put me in the right mindset. And I have to say, it was a really, really good exercise. I shared the mantras on my Instagram, but I'll also tell you them now. So the first one was, I am at ease. And I wrote this one because I know that sometimes when there's a lot of excitement and it's very chaotic and hectic that I can get thrown off a little bit. And in particular, just with my kids, if they're tired and their needs aren't getting met, it can really kind of spiral pretty quickly. And so I just wanted to get myself a little centered and remind myself that I can be at ease even amidst the chaos. The second mantra was I am present and connected. I, like I said, I was going to be seeing a bunch of my San Francisco friends who I don't get to see that often. And I really wanted the chance to connect with them and, you know, nurture those friendships that I don't get to be around that much. 
And I wanted to feel really present and not, you know, have my head be somewhere else. And so it really did serve as that reminder, I think, for me when I was with everyone to just really tune in and pay attention to what people were saying and have those more meaningful conversations whenever we could. And then the last uh, mantra was, I delight in the joy and excitement of my children. I knew that this weekend was going to be a lot of fun for them. We were going to be at the beach. We, we also went to the San Diego Zoo. And I just knew they were going to be having a lot of new experiences that were going to be a lot of fun for them. And I just wanted to remind myself to really watch them enjoy these activities and the experience and to delight in their joy. I just think so often with kids, we can get into this habit of like, okay, what's the next thing? What time is it? What time is their nap? And what time do we need to be back for their nap? And bedtime and dinner and snacks. And sometimes you can kind of just get caught up in all of that and not really see how much fun your kids are having. And that is that's the joy of having children is getting to delight in their joy and their excitement. So I really loved these mantras. And I think going into any weekend like this or any big event, it's really a worthwhile exercise because it just serves as that reminder. It's kind of always in the back of your mind. And I shared them with my husband on the drive down And it was really noticeable how much of an influence they had. I think for both of us, they kind of held us accountable. And we were able to let things go that we might have normally gotten thrown off by. So if you have anything like this coming up, maybe you have summer travel, whether it's with kids or without kids, I encourage you to come up with your own mantras The best way to do this is to think about whatever it is that you're about to do and really envision like how you want the weekend to go. How do you want to feel during the weekend? How do you want to feel when you're coming home from the weekend or the event, whatever it is? And then once you have the ideal vision for how you want the weekend to go and how you want to feel, then really feel into the feeling and come up with three attributes that you need in order to have that vision manifest. So for me, it was, you know, feeling at ease, being very present and connected, and then also delighting in my children's joy. So figure out what those three things are for you, and then you can create the mantras around those. And then be sure to write the mantras down. I think writing them is really important. And then just say them to yourself. Share them with whoever you're going on the trip with. And hold each other accountable to them because I think that they really can help set the tone for a great, great weekend or event, whatever it is that you're going to be doing. You might have noticed that I didn't release an episode last week, and I just knew it was going to be a really busy week because the aforementioned birthday party weekend and the 4th of July holiday, and so I just didn't feel like I was going to be able to give it enough attention like I normally do, and so it just felt like too hectic to try to squeeze it in. And I mention this only because it's relevant to the topic of today's episode, which is all about cycles. For the most part, I have been releasing new episodes weekly, but like I said, I knew it was just going to be a very hectic, busy time. And so I really decided to just honor that and I made the decision to take the week off. I'm the kind of person who sets really high standards for myself and I can be a little bit OCD and rigid and even though I'm not on a strict weekly release schedule, I have been releasing episodes weekly for the most part. So it 
felt a little uncomfortable for me to skip a week, to be totally honest. And I'm sorry if you were expecting an episode last week. I care so much about my audience, and so I never want to let you guys down. But at the same time, I also know that when I allow myself to ride these natural waves of work and life, they're sort of like these natural ebbs and flows, and holidays are a time when work does sort of take a backseat and other parts of your life are much more full and active. And so I wanted to give myself the permission to really lean into that and to just experience that that wave. Because I know that when I do that, I experience greater ease and flow in my life overall. And that's really what I want to talk about today. This idea of following natural cycles. It's something that's been on my mind a lot recently. You know, the world is made up of cycles, seasonal cycles, moon cycles, economic cycles. We have circadian rhythm, which governs our sleep and wake cycles, the menstrual cycle, of course. And we ride the waves of these cycles, experiencing the peaks and valleys. And yet, we often live our lives as though every day should go exactly the same. There's a lot of pressure from society to perform the same every day, to be on every day. But this expectation completely ignores the transitory nature of the universe. We aren't meant to be in a go-go-go state every single day. Our energy fluctuates. Our emotions have ups and downs. We experience bursts of creativity, and then at other times we have writer's block. Some days we want to be in motion, moving our bodies, and other days we need to be horizontal, taking rest. The conditions of our lives are also constantly in flux. Sometimes we have abundance, and other times we might be struggling to make ends meet. Sometimes we fail and other times we succeed. Sometimes we experience heartbreak and other times we are totally in love. Positive and negative experiences come and go. Every aspect of our lives is cyclical. When we set expectations for ourselves that don't take into account the cyclical nature of the universe, we set ourselves up for failure. The lows feel more dramatic and prolonged, and we don't recover as quickly. We're left feeling stressed out, disappointed in ourselves, or frustrated with our current state. On the contrary, when we recognize and embrace the natural rhythm of life, we're able to be present in each part of the cycle, and we arrive at a place of acceptance of our circumstances quickly which allows us to learn from the challenges and return to center with greater ease. Today, I wanna explore the principle of rhythm and what it can teach us about embracing the natural cycles of the universe. I'll also share several methods you can use in your life to recalibrate yourself to the natural cycles of the universe. In doing so, you will gain greater self-awareness and the ability to move through these cycles with greater ease. So let's start with the principle of rhythm. I'm going to share a little bit about Hermeticism. If you're not familiar, Hermes Trismegistus is a legendary Hellenistic figure that originated as a syncretic combination of the Greek god Hermes and the Egyptian god Thoth. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. You are not tuning into this podcast for a lesson in philosophy, but stay with me because I promise this is going somewhere and there is so much wisdom to learn from Hermes. So Hermes, I'm going to refer to him as Hermes from now on because Hermes Trismegistus, even though it's a very fun full name to say, it's, it's a mouthful, but basically he was a divine source of wisdom and just a very prolific writer. I mean, he's credited with tens of thousands of writings, which became the foundation for Hermetic philosophy. And there are seven main principles of Hermeticism. 
This probably won't be the last time we'll talk about hermetic philosophy on this podcast, but today I'm not going to go into all seven. I'm just going to focus on one of the principles, and that is the principle of rhythm. So the, per- the hermetic principle of rhythm, as described in the Kabbalion, which is a book that presents the teachings of hermeticism, encompasses the idea that everything in the universe flows and moves in a cyclical manner. To quote the Kabbalion, it states, Everything flows, out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swing manifests in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. I'll let you just take that in for a moment. This principle manifests in various aspects of life. Take the rising and setting of the sun, the rise and fall of empires and world powers, the ebb and flow of our emotions, the ups and downs of the financial markets. To me, the greatest wisdom is held within the last line, rhythm compensates. Contemplate that for a second. What it means is that rhythm brings balance to our lives. On the other side of hardship is bliss and enjoyment. On the other side of failure is success. On the other side of melancholy is happiness. And the swing of the pendulum on one side is equal to the swing of the pendulum on the other. The magnitude of the sadness we feel will be equal to the magnitude of the happiness. When we face hardship in our lives, it can feel like there's no hope, no light at the end of the tunnel. And I know I have definitely been there. But when we apply the principle of rhythm to a painful experience, we come to understand that the hardship will be temporary. And having that perspective can really help us move through the hardship because we know that the pendulum will inevitably swing back in the other direction in order to compensate and bring balance back to the universe and to our lives. So when we embrace this idea, we give ourselves permission to experience the lows, to be present in the hardship, and to learn from it. Rather than trying to circumvent it, be in the challenge of the experience. Give yourself that permission to really feel the pain that it brings. And at the same time, know that it's temporary. Know that the principle of rhythm will carry you back to homeostasis. So let's talk about what this means in practice. Let's take the example of losing your job. The shock and disappointment of that experience is overwhelming. There's fear and worry that you won't find a new job, that you won't be able to pay your bills. And there's the feeling of failure, the feeling that you weren't good at your job. It's a really painful experience, but it's also one that offers the opportunity to really go inward and do some deep learning. It's it's a chance to reevaluate, to ask yourself, If you were in the right career, are you really passionate about what you were doing? Or is there maybe something else that was calling you? And if it was a performance issue, ask yourself why you weren't working to your full potential. There's definitely a message there. And I think that if you just give yourself the chance to really feel into the sadness and pain of losing your job, It allows you to really feel the emotional low, but then also to begin that introspective process where the learning happens. And when you start to view these kinds of experiences as a cycle, you know that you will emerge from the darkness, from that low point. So we can do this knowing that the principle of rhythm applies here just like it does to all things. There's a new opportunity that will come. And the more present you can be in each part of the cycle, honoring how each part serves you, 
the sooner you will experience the compensation and return to balance. Just as the principle of rhythm helps us better prepare for the natural fluctuations in life, it also helps us manage the changes that we experience in our mental state. First, it gives us permission to experience the full range of emotions. It's unnatural to feel happy and energized all of the time. Why? Because it defies the principle of rhythm. All things rise and fall. All things, including emotions. And while we face pressure in society to exhibit a certain emotional state at all times, and we go to great lengths to try to avoid negative emotions, when we learn to honor our emotions of all kinds, we can find flow in our lives more easily. Rather than working to counter an emotion, the principle of rhythm teaches us to be present in each emotion, to view it as part of the cycle, to honor what is needed when feeling that particular emotion rather than trying to change the emotion. To be more specific, what I mean is, if we're feeling sad, it's an opportunity to slow down, to spend time in solace, to do some introspection, perhaps through journaling, and explore what this emotion is trying to tell us. We take comfort in knowing that it won't last forever, and by embracing the emotion rather than fighting to counteract it, we may find some unexpected benefits that come from it. I was recently reading a book called Bittersweet by Susan Cain. Maybe some of you have read it. And in the book, she writes, Bittersweetness is the hidden source of our moonshots, masterpieces, and love stories. She believes that we experience our deepest states of love, happiness, awe, and creativity precisely because life is imperfect, not in spite of that fact. At the heart of her exploration is the naming and reframing of this paradox that there is no bitter without sweet. From the darkness comes the light. And the more we accept this, the more prepared we are to face the full range of emotions and life's experiences. In the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, King Solomon's words also reflect the principle of rhythm, emphasizing the cyclical nature of life and its various activities. Here's the quote. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. You might also recognize these words from the song Turn, Turn, Turn by the birds. In fact, I didn't even realize that it was a reference to the Bible. But from this, we learn to accept the cyclical nature of the universe. Our work is to get really good at recognizing the cycles in our lives and identifying which part of the cycle we're in. When we do this, we're able to adjust our behavior and more importantly, our expectations. It sounds sort of obvious when I say it, but in practice, we fight against cycles more often than we think. One cycle that I have found myself fighting against sometimes is related to my social life. I've always been a very social person, and I rarely turn down an invitation unless I have a conflict or I'm sick. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that my desire to socialize is cyclical, and there are times when I really need to be alone. These are times when I either need to recharge or do some deep introspection. And socializing is a distraction that prevents me from being in the portal. To live in alignment with the cycle means saying no to social plans so that I can fully go into the portal and do the inner work that's calling me. If I were to fight against this and be a social butterfly during this time, I wouldn't be able to fully enjoy myself socially. 
and I would likely find the inner work that I needed to do would become more dire. Whatever it was would start to rear its head in more dramatic ways until I tended to it. Relationships are also cyclical, whether they're romantic or friendships. They ebb and flow. You may find that there are times when you are closer to certain people and then you drift for a period. When you experience that drift in relationship, it's always good to check in with yourself to ask if the relationship still feels aligned because it could be a sign that the relationship is no longer serving and it's time to let that person go. But in many cases, it's just part of the natural rhythm and you will find in due time that you come back together. If you check in with yourself and find that it's a relationship that you still want to nurture and continue, just observe what might be causing the drift. Perhaps one party is going through something that requires a lot of independence. Sometimes space is needed, and honoring that is the way to align with the natural cycle of the relationship. When we live in alignment with the cycles of our lives, we can become great co-creators with the universe. The reason is we are attuned to the ebb and flow of energy in the universe, allowing us to work with this energy rather than fight against it to bring about our dreams and desires. You can think of it like an accelerator, the way the wind propels a sailboat forward. When you're moving in the direction that the wind is blowing, You accelerate and reach your destination or goal faster. When you're moving against the wind, you slow down and encounter more resistance and obstacles that prevent you from getting to where you want to go. When we increase our awareness of the natural cycles and align with them, we gain an innate sense of when it's time to push forward and when it's time to slow down. In those times of pushing forward, we gain added momentum from the natural forces of the universe because we're acting in accordance with the natural cycle. We all have free will, but we will find greater ease in our lives when we are catching the waves and using the natural rhythm to our advantage. Our lives are filled with cycles. And you might find that you're naturally in tune with some more than others. I recommend choosing a couple to focus on and really increase your awareness of the peaks and valleys of those cycles. Really start to notice how they impact your energy and emotions. Today, I've selected a few cycles that I pay particularly close attention to and They're really meant to illustrate how you can start to tune your body and your life to these natural cycles. And I just recommend that you pick the one that resonates with you. You may already be tracking some of these cycles. And, you know, for me, I've really shifted from having an awareness of the ebbs and flows of these cycles to really aligning myself to them. And in doing so, I've been able to work with their energies in a way that has had a profound impact on my life, including manifesting some really big dreams. The one I want to start with first is the moon cycle. Moon cycles are really fun to track because they're visual. All you have to do is look up in the sky to see where we are in the cycle. And there are also plenty of apps that you can use to track the moon cycle. We know that early humans used the moon as a marker of time. And throughout civilization, moon cycles have been used to guide many different aspects of life, from planting times to reproductive health, as well as religious ceremonies. And you may have heard of biodynamic farming, which uses the moon cycles to actually inform planting, cultivation, and harvest times. It's a method of farming that was actually invented by Rudolf Steiner, and it's gained a lot of popularity as of late. 
I'm actually a member of a wine club at a winery up in San Inez Valley called Soul Miner, and they produce all of their grapes according to biodynamic farming techniques. We often see a correlation between the moon phase and our sleep. We might see an uptick in dream activity at certain times during the moon cycle. And the more we pay attention to the cycle, we can make adjustments in order to align to this natural cycle. So for example, if you know you don't sleep as well around the full moon, this might be a time that you lower your expectations about how much sleep you will get. And you can plan your schedule accordingly. Maybe it's a time that you burn the midnight oil and get more work done at night. Similarly, if you know you sleep really well around the time of a new moon, then that might be a time that you don't make as many evening plans and you really optimize your schedule to get that restful sleep. The moon produces an energy that builds during the cycle. And if we observe and pay attention to the cycle, we can use that energy to influence and manifest what we desire in our lives. In astrology, the new moon is a time of intention setting, while the full moon is an invitation to reflect and take stock of the insights that are bubbling up to the surface. It's often a time to release and let go of what's no longer serving us so that we can make space for what's anew. If you follow astrology closely, you can glean even more meaning from the moon cycles and how the new moon or full moon affects you personally based on your birth chart. For example, we have a new moon on July 17th at 24 degrees of Cancer. And what you can do is if you have your birth chart, which you can download a free one online, there are a number of resources that will help you do that. And you want to look up what house this is happening in for you. And again, there are many different online resources that actually help you read your chart so that you can determine which house these astrological events are happening in for you. I follow astrologer Pam Gregory on YouTube, and she offers this as a resource on her website, which is pamgregory.com, under the products section. <clears throat> For me, this new moon is occurring in the 12th house, which is actually the house of endings, um, and also the subconscious and identity. So it's a little weird to have a new moon in the house of endings. It's almost like you would read it in a way like you would read a full moon. So it's a period of review, of letting go, and recharging my spiritual and physical batteries. And it will bring my awareness to things that I couldn't see before. So the way that I can work with this energy is by spending some time to reflect. On the, on the new moon, what I might do is sit down with my journal. I might meditate and just allow any messages from spirit to come through. It's really asking me to take the time to connect with myself and elevate my spiritual practice. Now, looking again at the astrology, the full moon, the next full moon is on August 1st at nine degrees of Aquarius. And again, you can look up which house this is occurring in in your chart. For me, this is the sixth house, which is often referred to as the house of health. And this house administers our lifestyle, our daily routines, health needs, daily work, as well as our service to others. So this full moon is likely going to relate to something related to my health or to my work with the podcast and the way in which I'm serving others. It might be that I commit to establishing a new health habit or that I start a new project that advances the way I am serving others through my work. The more aware of the moon cycle and the meaning of the different phases, the more we can co-create and astrology really helps us 
point our energy in the right direction based on our individual birth chart. So that's why for me, it's just such a powerful tool to really help understand the current energy and be able to really work with it. Another cycle that I pay particularly close attention to is my menstrual cycle. So if you're a woman, it's really just using one of the apps or, you know, you can write it down to track your period and track when you're ovulating. This awareness allows you to begin to notice the details of your own cycle and just start to notice what are your energy levels like during these different phases? Do you notice different hunger patterns? How is your sleep at different parts of your cycle? I find that I sleep really well around the time of ovulation and the first couple of days after I get my period. And I'm also a lot hungrier during and right after my period. I have more energy during this phase as well. So with this information, I can begin to adjust my eating habits as well as my workouts to align with my cycle. It's important to ease up on your HIIT workouts during the luteal phase, which is after ovulation. And the biological reason for this is that your body is preparing for pregnancy and your energy levels may be decreased. So doing a gentler workout like yoga or strength training, but no intense cardio is a good adjustment to make. And that goes for whether you're trying to get pregnant or not. I became very aware of this when I was actually trying to get pregnant. I had to really adjust my mindset about working out, and this was very hard for me. I really love to sweat it out, but I can feel myself getting too depleted when I overdo it during this phase. And interesting little story, the month I actually got pregnant with my son, my first, I happened to be enrolled in a yin yoga teacher training during the luteal phase, um, the phase after ovulation. And yin yoga is all about calming the parasympathetic nervous system. It's the opposite of yang, which is what vinyasa yoga is, the more active style of yoga. In yin, there's no exertion. You simply hold poses for three to five minutes, and they're not standing poses. They're very restful poses that help you get into a deep stretch and also into that state where your parasympathetic nervous system is completely at ease. So after struggling to get pregnant for many months, it really was no surprise that it finally happened when I was spending several hours per day doing yin yoga and I was in this very relaxed state. So I always say yin yoga is the fertility treatment that I didn't know I needed, but you know, it really is what your body is asking for during this phase and it's not just when you're trying to get pregnant your body goes through this phase every single menstrual cycle and so it really is asking you to slow down so that it doesn't get too depleted and it you'll see when you do this and you really honor these ebbs and flows you start to optimize your health and your body performance overall Another cycle that I really love to tune into is seasonal cycles. And I think we're all already very aware of these cycles. You know, we see the way the light shifts based on the season. We see weather changes. And so it's it's something that I think we're, is already very top of mind. But at the same time, I don't think that most of us are adjusting our lifestyle too much from season to season other than, you know, maybe in summer we have a little bit of a different mindset. But I think that as the seasons change, we are really being asked to adjust our mindset, our expectations. You know, with more darkness in winter, we're being asked to slow down, to rest, to go inward and reflect. And then as spring approaches and we experience the slow build of brighter days, we're reminded of our resilience, our ability to endure the darkness in order to emerge into the light and experience that rebirth. You know, spring is all about planting seeds. It's a time to turn all that you've reflected upon during winter 
into intentions. It's a time of growth, a celebration of new life and new beginnings. So, you know, it can be a really great time to start a new project, for example, or move into a new home. And then, you know, at the summer solstice, which we didn't have that long ago, it was uh, just, you know, last month, we reach peak light. And that really represents an expansion of consciousness. When we have more light, uh, we actually, it's, it's our consciousness expanding. And so it's a time to celebrate the abundance of earth and nature, a time to express gratitude for the fruits of the seeds that we planted in spring. And then as we move into fall, we're reminded once again of the darkness that is to come. And we experience balance as we are at the midway point between the brightest and darkest part of the year. It's a time to consider the dance between the extroverted energy of the summer and the introverted energy of winter. Simply spending time outside in nature will help you connect to the seasons. And if you have a local farmer's market, it's a good good way to also get in touch with the seasons. You'll notice the change in vegetables from the root vegetables of winter to the lighter, more acidic crops harvested in the summer, like tomatoes and summer squash. And when you eat according to the seasons, you really tune your body to the natural cycle of the seasons at a cellular level. I know right now with it being summer and I have kids, you know, kids are out of school, they're in camp and, you know, but they're just kind of off of their normal routines. And so there can be something a little bit stressful about that, but also something so, so beautiful. And it's just like this time to really lean into, you know, not having as much of a schedule and not being so tied to a specific bedtime You know, my kids are staying up a little bit later. Maybe we're going out and getting ice cream after dinner and we're coming home and and it's just starting to get dark because it stays light out so much later in the summer. And so it really is, it's kind of a time to just celebrate like that extroverted energy where you're a bit more social, you're out and about more and um, you're not really like in this dark place of reflection. It's really about connection. So I love, I love using the seasons as another way to just tap into these natural cycles. You know, increasing your awareness of these natural cycles allows our nervous systems to experience the natural ebb and flow of the universe. We get to experience the ups and downs just as animals and plants do. We ride the waves and can take comfort in knowing that on the other side of the darkness, the bright light awaits. And we simply become more skilled at moving through the lows of our lives, of our internal experience, simply by becoming more in tune with the natural cycles. We take cues from nature. And give ourselves permission to rest according to the seasons, the moon cycle, and the natural cycles of our bodies, like circadian rhythm, our menstrual cycle, like I mentioned. We get to use these as a guide to help us know when it's time to rest and when it's time to be in that more go, go, go extroverted energy. And accepting that every day is not supposed to be or feel the same is really very liberating because it gives you freedom to set intentions for each day or period based on what feels aligned for you according to how you are responding to the energetics of the universe. And the more you become aware of these cycles, I encourage you to create rituals around the cycles that you feel more connected to. So for some, that might be the moon cycle. It might be that you light a candle and set an intention on each new moon. Or it might be that you set aside time to reflect and journal on the full moon. I know a lot of yoga studios or meditation studios 
do a new moon or a full moon circle or uh, meditation. And so that can be a good time to just really get more in touch with that moon cycle and, and create that ritual and set the intention for, for that next cycle going forward. If you feel connected to the seasons, you can use the start of each season to set an intention for how you want to move through that period. You can try eating foods that are representative of the season. You can pick an essential oil that reminds you of the season and use it to reinforce the, te- the intention that you set. I love the floral aromas for spring, citrus scents for summer, spicy aromas for autumn, and then the more woody, earthy tones for winter. And you can use the essential oils just in the morning when you're starting your day. You can rub a little bit on your pulse points, or you can use them when you're meditating or doing a yoga class, anything that just kind of brings them into your day and they act as a reminder you know scent is such a powerful sense and they become a tool that helps us really tap into the energy of the season if you're a woman with a menstrual cycle keep track of the different phases of the cycle and You know, it's not as much about setting an intention, but more about honoring what your body needs during each phase. And so really paying attention to when you need to take rest versus when you have that burst of energy. And same goes for circadian rhythm. This is just about tuning your lifestyle around sleep and eating to the natural rhythm of the day. Getting outside in the morning so that you are exposing yourself to direct sunlight is so important. It sends a signal to your body to produce melatonin 16 hours later when it will be time to sleep. So as much as you can do that within the first hour after waking up, it can really help regulate your sleep and wake cycles. And generally speaking, it's a good idea to take your meals during the hours of the day that the sun is out and then allow your body the time to digest after your evening meal before sleep. Subtle changes to align more with the natural cycles really, really help and just allow us to move through life with greater ease. Resistance comes from fighting against these natural energies that are just present in the universe. But when we really pay attention, we become more perceptive to these energies. And then we can adjust so that we're moving with the energy rather than against it. I know we've all experienced those times when we feel like we're in a funk. We aren't inspired. We don't feel connected. We don't have a lot of motivation to pursue our goals. We lack clarity. It's normal and expected to feel this way some of the time. When we feel this way, we just need to remind ourselves that we're in the valley part of the cycle. And we know, based on the principle of rhythm, that the peak will come. I'm personally emerging from one of these cycles right now. I had really been feeling like I was almost moving backwards, like a regression. I found myself in old patterns that I thought I had moved beyond, old ways of thinking, old ways of communicating, and I was really frustrated because I felt like all the progress I had made had been lost. I was trying to figure out what was going on, like why was I feeling this way? And I know that I'm very sensitive to the energy of planetary transits. And so what I discovered when I looked at the current astrology is that there are a number of planets that are retrograding right now. So these are planets that recently changed signs. So we had a taste of what the future looks like, but they're now retrograding and going back into the signs that they had been in previously. So when this happens, what it means is that they're asking us to revisit those patterns once again. It's almost like they're saying, we know you thought you learned those lessons, 
but we want you to revisit them one more time just to make sure that you've really integrated everything you needed to learn from those prior transits. And so even though these planets are still retrograding, just having the awareness that this was happening was enough to help me move through this cycle with greater ease. And I can really start to feel myself inching my way back in the right direction. Before I close out this episode, my parting advice when you're feeling like you are in a funk is to take a step back and ask yourself where you are in the cycle. Define the cycle. For me, it was this astrological cycle. And for you, it might be something different. You might be sensitive to the moon cycle. You might be sensitive to a seasonal change. Or it could be something that's very specific to your life. For example, maybe you have kids and your kids are going through a certain phase. It could be, you know, school just got out for summer and you're in that transition period. And so that represents a cycle. Figure out what it is for you and then map out where in that cycle you are. Simply knowing what part of the wave you are currently riding is powerful. So think of it like a graph of a wave and figure out, are you on your way to the peak? Are you coming down from the the peak? Are you in the valley? Knowing where you are will help you because you can always take comfort in knowing that you'll be moving out of that phase soon. And, you know, it may be that you're particularly sensitive to some of these natural energies like astrology, season changes, moon cycles. So always look at those to see if there's a correlation with the way you're feeling. I hope you all will find this episode useful and applicable to your lives. I would love to hear about the natural cycles that you are tuned into and how they impact your life. So will you share with them with me? I would really, really love to hear on Instagram. You can DM me. It's at underscore how I met myself. And if you learned something today, I would love it also if you would share in a story on your Instagram, share the episode, tag me. And when you guys share the podcast on social, it really does help me reach more people and allows me to keep creating this content. Okay, I am sending you all love and light. I hope you are having an incredible summer. It's such a special time, so much joy, so much happiness, and I just hope you get to enjoy it as much as I am. All right, I will see you next time.